at Lakeland family, if you guys got your Bibles, head over to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. It's going to be. And I just, uh, I would just like to start by saying this. I am coming to you in the same jeans and boots that I've been wearing for five years, apparently. And, and, and let me just, uh, let me, what, I'm, what I'm talking about, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Guys, can we just, uh, last week, Pamela Baltazar brought an amazing word to our church. That's right, man. There is a, was a blessing on that. And P- Pamela just had some incredible true insights about my wardrobe that I'm referencing there. But we're just really, really grateful for her. Uh, hey, man, I do just want to call your attention to one thing, Lake Point family. We are in two and a half weeks. We're in a, a unique season in our church's life where we are seeking the Lord together. And the, Bible, the biblical word for this is consecration. We're consecrating ourselves. We're setting ourselves apart from the ordinary part of our life unto the Lord. And in two and a half weeks, we'll be doing encounter on September. Here, let me just, here's the, the dates here. It's September 19, 2021. So right now on Friday, we started a season of 21 days of prayer as a church and praying the same thing together every day for an encounter with a living God at encounter. So if you grab one of these, if you didn't get your 21 days of prayer guide, please grab that. And every day we're just praying together. Some people are choosing to fast, fasting and praying for an encounter with God. And then we've also got these things on your way out, little wristbands or if you're a girl, they're bracelets. And you can grab one of those. And, uh, and it just every time you see it, it's like you're, man, that's my, that's my reminder, man. I'm praying for an encounter with God coming up. So please do that. And then we'll see you back then. And it's gonna be awesome. All right, well, here we are. We are in the last week of a series. Honestly, I have loved teaching. Um, the title of the series has been, a blessed life. And the concept is that um, there is simply a clear teaching in the scriptures that whenever we order our world and especially our finances according to God's word, there's just a promise that he commands. There's a blessing that comes with that. And we've been talking about what that is, that kind of thing. Now, to lead into this last message of the series, uh, this week, my, my daughter Eliana is 12. And she's getting to that age where I'm trying to teach her principles about money. So we were having this conversation about what it means to invest and how investing is when you put your money into appreciating assets. That's what we're talking about, appreciating assets, okay? So I'm trying to teach this concept. Now she comes back and Eliana lets me know that she would like, she wants to invest in a lava lamp. So, and I'm like, so I'm like, well, hey, hey, babe, like, I love you. But remember, investing is when you put your money in appreciating assets. There is a 0% chance that lava lamp is going to appreciate. Here was her response. She said, well, I'll appreciate it. That's what she said, okay? Now, can I just say, here's my point. Here's my point, man. Some of y'all are gonna use that. Here's my point. There is a lot of confusion when it comes to biblical principles about our finances. Now, this last message of this series, I, I'm just so, I woke up this morning, I thought about you, and I just can't wait to teach this message. These three principles, they have the power, if you internalize them, to change your life forever. And I, I wanna see that for you, all right? So if you got your Bibles, three principles, three points, Second Corinthians 9, and here we go, three principles. Principle number one, you reap what you sow. This is a deep biblical principle. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. 
each of you should give. So Paul applies this principle in the area of our finances. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, here's what's going on right here, right? The Bible, is, Paul is taking this concept that God wove into the universe, and it's the principle of sowing and reaping. A lot of you guys are not farmers, so here's all this means. It is a very basic principle. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Let me say it another way. Whatever you plant, you will harvest. Now, I don't have time to pull on this thread. That principle is like the spinal principle of the entire Bible. Jesus affirmed and was teaching this principle. Do you remember when he said this in the book of Luke? He said, give and it will be given to you. Now, you may say, what will be given to me? Whatever you give. Give and it will be given to you. And that's the principle, that you reap what you sow. So my grandfather's a, a farmer. Uh, my grandfather's like the coolest dude in the world, man. Farmer in upstate New York. He's 96. He's gonna die on the same farm that he was born in. That farm has been in the family for like, for literally, that farm's been in the family for seven generations. Man, some dudes, some dudes, they got calendar. I'm just, y'all need to know my grandfather. He's awesome. Grandpa Hemingway, man. Some dudes, they got calendars of like inappropriate pictures of women. Some dudes have calendars of cars. My grandfather has a calendar of glamour shots of Ronald Reagan. That's what he's got, man. You just gotta know, like, Grandpa Hemingway, he's just, Grandpa's awesome, all right? But he's been on that farm for seven generations. And so here's this farming principle. Now, when I say it, you're gonna be like, well, duh. But like, you, you, gotta, you gotta get this, okay? You tell me, if you sow corn, you're gonna reap corn. If you sow wheat, you're gonna reap wheat. And help me out, everybody, help, help me out. If you sow nothing, you're gonna reap nothing. So this is the principle that the Bible's teaching, that you're gonna reap whatever you sow. Now, here's what Paul does in this passage. He takes this principle, and you gotta get this. He applies this in the area of our finances, and he says that giving is like sowing, and that when we sow in giving, that we will reap what we sow. Now, as simple as it sounds, because some of you are like, Josh, I, I did not drive all the way to church and get my family all dressed up this is the most basic thing ever. Okay, now, you say it's basic, but you'd be shocked how many people expect in their life to reap things they have never sown. In fact, if you start looking around in your life, you'll see this everywhere. I'll give you one example. This was one of my favorite stories. There was a man that was extremely sick, and he went to the doctor with his wife because they were afraid he had some sort of terminal illness. So the doctor, you know, does all the tests and front to back, top to bottom, left to right, all the things. And the doctor, when he's done with his test, is gravely concerned. And the family can tell he's gravely concerned. And so the doctor calls the wife into his office first and says, ma'am, I'd like to speak to you before I speak to your husband. And the wife was just very anxious. And she said, doc, just tell me, is he going to live? And the doctor said, uh, your husband can live, but in order for him to live, he needs to have a life of absolutely no stress whatsoever. So every morning, he needs to wake up to a hot breakfast prepared by you, ready for him in bed every morning. Never under any circumstance ask him to help around the house at all. You need to tend to his every need. Uh, every evening, he needs to come home to a cooked meal, to order whatever he wants. Make sure the house is spotless at all times. Nothing for him to see or stress out about. If he has any desires for intimacy, tend to his every need. You need to be in a good mood at all times, pleasant. Don't bother him with any of your problems or emotions. Do this 
and your husband will live. Well, and the, the lady just came out into the, the waiting room and the husband said, well, what did he say? And the wife said, he said, you're gonna die. <laughs> okay, now, here's my point. <laughs> check, check, check this out. I heard dudes amen in the first half of the story. I heard ladies amen at the punchline. Huh? Here's my point. Huh? The husband in that story, he may live, but they are not gonna have a good marriage. Do you know why that is? <laughs> Because you cannot, you, this applies to everything. It applies to marriage. It applies to your emotions. It applies to your finances. Here's why. Because you cannot expect to reap where you have not sown. That is the entire principle. Of life. If that doesn't sound dumb, uh, let me give you one. Tell me, is this dumb? If you were to be out in a field and to see a farmer uh, intensely staring at the ground, you say, what are you doing? And he said, well, I'm waiting for a harvest. And, and you just, your curiosity was piqued. You said, well, what did you plant? He said, well, Nothing. Well, nothing, you, and you say, well, what in the world? What are you doing? He said, well, I'm waiting for a harvest before I have any seed to plant. Tell me, is that dumb? You t yes, that's dumb. Now, can I just say something that's got a bit of an edge to it? But I'm, I'm trying to help you understand this principle. We know that's dumb, but a lot of believers are like this when they say things like, man, if God would help me close this deal or get that promotion, then I'll start being generous. What they're doing is, guys, it's the one that's faithful with a little. That's the one that God's going to entrust with much because you reap what you sow. This is a basic biblical principle that's right here. Now, let me get to principle. That leads me to principle number two. Principle number two, and this is where it gets a little more fun. I want to understand the heart behind it, is you reap more than you sow. This is what Paul's teaching here. You're going to reap more than you sow. Now, watch the wording carefully in these verses that we read. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and multiply your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of righteousness. We're coming back to that. You will be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can be generous on every occasion. Now, this passage lays this out in a way that's just really easy for a pastor to teach. So let me, let me point out a few things. Did you notice the words supply and multiply. Did you notice those words? Now, let, let me go back to my, my, my grandpa Hemingway. So seventh generation corn farmer. Years ago, grandpa Hemingway was getting ready to give me a tractor ride. He does that every, I, listen, I'm 40 years old. I had a tractor ride this year at grandpa Hemingway's farm. Okay. I've done that every year of my life. Uh, grandpa Hemingway, he brought out a little kernel of corn and he said, Josh, how many kernels of corn are here? And you know, I, I was like, well, one. And he said, no, 1,200. And I thought, well, grandpa's going senile early, you know? And this is what he explained. He said, Josh, you gotta understand, for a farmer, if I take this kernel and I plant corn, this one kernel will, will turn into a whole stalk. There'll be multiple ears on the stalk, 400 kernels per stalk. This one kernel will turn into 1,200 kernels if I plant it. See, his point was, when you sow something, it's multiplied. That's how God has designed the universe. Now, here's what you need to understand. Paul is taking that and he's applying it in the area of our finances. And he's saying, if you begin to sow in generosity, he's saying, God will supply and multiply in your direction. Now, you need, I'm, I'm gonna get to some nuances here, but just trick with me. You, you may be wondering why. So, what, you know, why is God doing it like this? You know, why does you sow, he multiplies? Well, I want you to see why and here's what I need you to see is that this, listen, is very personal to God, very personal to him. 
Now, um, I want you to see this. So uh, can I get my three helpers up here? Mike, Daniel, and Mike. Will y'all help just welcome these guys to the stage real quick? These are my... These are my slightly willing participants right here. So here's who we got right here. Um, first of all, I'm, I'm gonna do you last for good reason. So first of all, uh, here's who this is. This is uh, Michael Reese. And by the way, we all help me. Michael oversees Lake Point's production team. And can I just, a lot of times the only people like recognize the production team is when something goes wrong in a service, a lyrics late or a light goes out, everybody stares back at the production. Can we show our production team how much we value them and how much we appreciate them? That's right, man, thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. All right, so that's Michael Reese. Now, uh, this is Mike. Mike owns a Brazilian jiu-jitsu studio, and so I'm going to be nice to him, so we'll get to that later. And then here's who this is. Now, uh, this is my friend, uh, Daniel Baltazar. He's on our Lake Point in Espanol uh, uh, staff. Daniel's wife, Pamela, is the one who preached last weekend. And she did that. That's right. That's my proxy there. Now, um, Daniel... Uh, it was your wife that made fun of my clothes last week. Is that right? Yeah, well, okay. I, I'm going to get you back. All right, in fact, so let me do this. Uh, I need to get you back. So go, you go to the last one, and then, yeah, you come up here. Mike, you can stay I want to be nice to you. So, all right, so uh, here's, here's my illustration, and you're not going to forget. You'll forget this. Uh, you'll, you'll remember this for the rest of your life. Now, please don't forget it for the rest of your life. Okay? Here we go. Uh, so here's my illustration. I want you to imagine that I'm going away. Um, uh, and uh, I've provided for my wife, Jana, but I want to disperse additional funds to make sure she's well taken care of. And so what, I, uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna send each of you guys $10,000 per month. And Daniel's very excited over here. He's, very, he's got, already spending it. Uh, Pamela's gonna buy me new boots is what she's gonna do with that. Uh, $10,000 per month. Um, and, uh, but you, you've only gotta send $1,000 $1, to Jana per month. So $10,000 to each of you, you've only got to give $1,000 to Jana. Do you understand? Okay, that, that's the principle. I want to make sure she's taken care of. Now, let's uh, imagine I'm gone for a few months. I call Jana. I'm talking to her every day. I love Jana. And so I just say, babe, um, how are the guys doing at uh, dispersing the funds? And I just check on them one by one. I say, man, um, how's, how's Michael? And Jana says, oh, man, Michael's automatic. I mean, it's like first of every month, $1,000 right there in the account. It's automatic. It's never late. I'm like, man, I always knew I could trust him. You know, he was faithful with the production team. I could entrust him with, you know, taking care of these funds. That's great. Awesome. Then I'm like, uh, you know, I wanted to be nice to, to Mike over here. And I'm like, oh, tell me about Mike. You know, and Jana says, listen, Mike, he's sending $2,000 a month. I wanted to be nice to you, Okay. <laughs> $2,000, he's above and beyond. It's amazing, $2,000. And I'm like, $2,000, I only told him to give $1,000. He sent in $2,000, that's amazing. And Jan says, not only that, uh, he and his wife, they call me, they check on me, any needs I got, they're sending me notes. They're making sure things are taken care of around the house. I'm like, they're just above and beyond. I'm like, this is incredible, unbelievable. Mike's doing an amazing job. And then I say, well, what about Daniel? I'm gonna get you back right here, okay? <laughs> uh, and Jana says, well, <clears throat> we need to talk about Daniel. <laughs> Uh, Jana says, the first month, he sent $700. The second month, $400. And this month, nothing. <laughs> okay. Now, y'all are good. Can you just thank them for being up here real quick? Y'all, now, now you, you tell me, in that scenario, what am I going to do with the funds that I was sending to Daniel. 
I'm gonna stop sending him any funds. Now, why is it? Because I can't trust him. I'm gonna stop sending him those funds and you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna supply and multiply the funds that I've been sending to Michael and Mike. Now, do you know why I'm gonna do that? By the way, and if you don't think Jesus would do that, you need to go home and read the parable of the talents. That is exactly what he does. Now, if you, now, uh, if you think, well, Josh, you know, I, I'm not sure that that analogy to Jesus holds. Wait a second, okay? Jesus said, I'm going away for a little while. And what does the Bible call the church? It calls the church the bride, the bride of Christ. Y'all, that scenario, I said that this is personal to God, the area of our generosity is personal to God. That's, do you know why that's personal to me? That's my wife. Not only is that my wife, that is not their money. Everything that they are getting is coming from me and I'm only asking them to return 1,000 of the 10,000 to my bride. See, this is personal. This is far more personal to God than you think. And I want you, I want you to see two things. Is that one, I, let me, you know, I'm talking about me taking away the funds that I would send to Daniel, but watch the positive side of this. I'll supply and multiply the funds that I'm sending to Mike and Michael because I can trust them. Do you see this? This is the spiritual principle behind why Paul is saying here that God will supply and multiply these things when we become generous. Now, I just wanna point this out, okay? That, that this is personal. Is Watch this. It, it says, here's what's gonna happen. You will be enriched in every way, the Bible says, when you start to do this. Now, some of us, we really get hung up on the word enriched. Here's why we do this in our culture. Because in our culture, we tend to think, man, poor people are good and rich people are bad. But can I just point this out to you? In the Bible, the dividing line isn't between poor and rich. It's between generous and greedy. And if you get that dividing line wrong, you're gonna be on the wrong line of what God wants from you. In fact, let me give you, this is a true story to help you understand how we miss this. Years ago, when I was a pastor in Nashville, there was a church planner who came into town to receive coaching from me. So I was driving him to lunch and we were on a highway and we looked up on, and there, on this hill and there was this enormous like palatial house overlooking us from the hill. And he just uh, made this comment. He said, wow, look at that house. Now, uh, I just said, you know, man, amazing coincidence. That guy is a member of our church. And he made this sound. He went, pff, pff, just like that. And, I, you know, it kind of ticked me off a little bit. <laughs> and so I just said, what? You know, that's what I said. And this is what he said, just with this real snide attitude. He said, sounds like somebody needs to preach a sermon on greed. Now, generally, I am a nice person. <laughs> there was something in me that snapped when he said this. So I just, I just unloaded on that. I just immediately flowing out of my mouth, I said, well, there's something you don't know about that guy. What you don't know is that that guy has given hundreds of thousands of dollars to missions efforts. What you don't know about that guy is that guy just paid for the plane tickets of a five-person family in his life group to fly to China and back to adopt their daughter, and he funded the adoption. What you, well, hang on, hang on, you, we'll get there in a second. I said, what you don't know about that guy is that guy flew our entire leadership staff of our church to a conference just to bless the pastors of his church. And what you don't know about that house is that guy bought that house with that floor plan in that location because he felt called to use his resources to buy a place so that, that the church could use for large gatherings. And he opens it to us multiple times per month 
uh, to invade his house so that we can do ministry through his personal residence. And then I just went over the edge in this last comment. I said, I don't think he's got a greed problem. I think you've got a jealousy problem. <laughs> now, hang on. And then, and then I said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, that was a little much, I'm sorry. Now, can I just point this out to you, man? It is really natural, listen, it's really natural for us to see people who have more and say, that's not fair. But listen, sometimes people have more because they've been more faithful. That's what God's saying here. Listen, in fact, watch this. Watch, you're gonna see it right in the passage. Who does God give more to? Watch this. He says, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. Do you know who God gives more to? People who are generous on every occasion. Listen, there is nothing wrong with having blessings. There is something wrong with keeping them to yourself when you get them. So in fact, let, let me just, let me give you a principle that if you get this principle, it will change your life. Here's the principle. The principle is this. God gives more to people who know what the more is for. You'll see that in your life. In fact, and watch this, the more is more than just financial provision. It's more than that. In fact, watch this. Ch check this out. This is so great. Okay, here's, here's what he gives. Now he will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. This is like the best part. It's not just financial provision. He will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. It's talking about eternal rewards in heaven. This is what this is talking about. Now check this out. Here's the math. Here's how this math maths, okay? Only eternal works get rewarded in eternity, and the only thing that's eternal is the souls of people. Only eternal works get rewarded in eternity, and the only thing that's eternal is the souls of people. In fact, there's a, uh, this wasn't in my notes, and on the way to church uh, this morning, the Holy Spirit just brought this in my mind. Jesus said this in the book of Luke. He said, use worldly wealth to gain friends, so that when it is gone, they will welcome you into eternal dwellings. What he's saying is some people will use their resources on earth that results in people's salvation in eternity. And when they get into heaven, they will welcome that person because in heaven we'll know things that we don't know and they'll go, I got saved because of your generosity. That will happen to you. Now, I'll give you, 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 are the recipient of somebody who did that and you will meet them in heaven. You don't know who they are. So let me tell you a story. Let me rewind 40 years, 42 years in our church's life. The year is 1981. At that point, Lake Point Church, I think is two years old, two years and change. And our pastor, our founding pastor, Steve Stroop, at that time, Lake Point had a 200 person building and exactly what's happening right now in our church's life was happening then. We were reaching more people for Christ than our buildings could hold. And so Steve had gone from, Pastor Steve had gone from one service to two services to three services. By the way, in 1981, like that was not a thing. And so he was sitting in his office and he was wondering, how in the world are we gonna make room for the people that are being saved? How are we gonna do this? And there was a knock on his door and a man walked into his office. The man's name was Floyd Hull. Interesting note about Floyd Hull. He was the CFO for a man named Clint Murchison who founded the Dallas Cowboys. So can I just point this out? I wanna I want point this out that there are similarities in the founding of the Dallas Cowboys and Lake Point Church. <laughs> Let me just say that. Let me, and you're gonna hear that in this story. You're gonna hear that in this story. So Floyd walks in and he, uh, he had been attending uh, First Baptist Church, Rockwall, amazing, wonderful people over there. And they had planted Lake Point Church. 
And he just said, I have heard that y'all are doing amazing evangelistic work here and I wanted to bless your ministry and handed Steve an envelope. Steve opened the envelope and his first words were, Floyd, did you count the zeros on this check? And Floyd smiled. Now, I'm gonna say the amount and some of you who are younger, you're gonna think, well, I thought it'd be more. The amount was $50,000. Now, uh, this was 1981. Can I just, I just wanna do this real quick. How many people were not even born in 1981? How many people were not born in the 80s? Where were you at? Not born in the 80s. Now, here's what you, by the way, God bless your vision and your flexibility. God bless your, God bless your ability to sleep through the night. God bless y'all, man. That's awesome. I, I love y'all so much, man. That's amazing. But here's what you need to know about 1981, man. 1981 was awesome. Hair was big, jeans were cool, and music was amazing. Like amazing. Like you just need to know that, okay? 81, that was awesome. I wasn't born until 83, but like just kind of, you know, just go with me. The 80s were awesome. Let me just say the 80s were awesome. But check this out. The other thing that was different is $50,000 in 1981 was not the same thing that $50,000 is in 2023. Hashtag inflation. So check, check this out. By percentage of our budget, that would be the equivalent of somebody handing me a check for $10 million today. Now, now think about this. It was because Floyd Hall handed Pastor Steve at that check at that time, it got Lake Point unstuck, enabled Lake Point to expand. And Floyd Hall was 80 when he gave that gift. He died 10 years later at the age of 90 in 1991. Floyd Hall, when he died, he did not take his car, his boat, or his house with him. But he is in heaven welcoming 20,819 people who have been baptized at Lake Point since his gift. That's what's happened. Now, you, you just need to know this, man. Tens of thousands of people will enter the kingdom of God because of that guy's generosity. They never met him here on earth. They'll get to heaven and they'll find him and they'll say, thank you. Thank you. I got saved because of your generosity. That's what this passage is saying. God will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now, let me put a bow on this and then I'm done. This service is gonna end very uniquely today. Some of you, when you hear messages like this during the Blessed Life series that you've heard, here's what happens to you. Here's what you're doing. You're going, man, I always intend to do this and to change my life, change my finances. I just never actually do it. Can I explain to you why that's happening to you? Now, I'm gonna take a hard left turn in this sermon, but this makes sense, okay? Now, I'm getting ready to read you. I'm gonna, do, I'm gonna make you do something annoying. I'm getting ready to read you three verses from earlier, just a few verses before we read. Now, I'm gonna do something annoying. I need you at all of our campuses to say out loud, like you mean it, the words in yellow, because I need you to make a point for me. So here we go. You're gonna help me. Here we go. And now, brothers and sisters... We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. These are the churches that generously gave so the church could expand. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as, are y'all seeing a theme here, were able, and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people, and they gotta get it there, exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. Here's watch this. They 
obey. It's always a they that leads to obey. Here's the principle number three. This is the principle that can change your life. Principle number three, you sow what your closest relationships sow. Nobody beats that principle. That is always, so here's, you know what happened in this church? Here's what, I guarantee it, here's what happened. All of them were sitting around and they heard about this opportunity to do something generously that could blow open the doors of the kingdom of God. And everybody was like fearful to do it. But then one guy with a heart of faith looked around the room and he went, let's go for it. And faith is as contagious as fear. And it spread and it spread and it spread and it spread until the entire church was caught up in this joyful outpouring of generosity that changed all of church history. Now here, I'm gonna say something right here that you're gonna be like, Josh, why are you saying that? That actually undermines what you do. I, I don't care, I just need you to understand the truth. Sermons create intentions, relationships determine your destinations. That is always true. If I ask you to name the last five sermons I preached, you can't. But if I ask you to name five people who changed your life for good or bad, you can without thinking. And here's why, check this out, here's why. Because whoever walks with the wise, the Bible says, becomes wise. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. Well, here's what this means. You will always walk like who you walk with. When you're born, you look like your parents. When you die, you look like your relationships. Nobody defeats that principle. So here's the situation some of you are in. You started attending during At The Movies. You gave your life to Christ. You've made a decision to rededicate your life to Christ, whatever it is. Here's where you're at. God has given you a new life in Christ. You've been given a new heart. God has given you a new calling, a new identity, a new destiny. But something is holding you back. Here's what it is. You're trying to live a new life with your old community and that new wine will not fit into those old wineskins. It absolutely cannot happen. Here's why. Because you can't live the right life with the wrong people. You can't do it. It is impossible. Now, whenever I preach this, there's always 50,000 people in their head. You're going, not me, man. I'm different. Not me. Some people are like that, and they're like peer pressure away, but not me. I'm I'm totally different. Can I just say something to you if you think you're different? If you think you can change your life and not change your relationships, can I say something to you? You are deceived. Do you know how I know you're deceived? Because there's literally a Bible verse that says, do not be deceived, bad company corrupts good character. It's literally right there. So listen, man, check this out. This service is gonna end really differently. Here's the deal. Right now, thousands of you, you are one relationship away from changing your family's life forever. And today what we're doing, the service is like over in the next 30 seconds because I wanna give you a chance to do the most important thing you may ever do and to make a decision that actually can change your life forever. Now, some of you during this series, you're like, man, God is convicting you. And you're like, I need to, for the first time, start returning the first 10th of my income to God in faith. That's awesome, do that. That's actually not what I wanna talk about today. If you need to do that, you can text give 2041, great. Here's what I actually wanna talk about. Is most of you, what you need to do, thousands of you, is I'm asking you to take a step to test drive a life group at Lake Point just for the next six weeks. These are little spiritual families. They're the relationships that you walk with as you follow your heavenly father together. And check this out, here's how we do this. I'm not even asking you to, to get in a life group like until Jesus returns. I'm just asking you to test drive one 
for the next six weeks. If you get in there and it's a bunch of weird church people and we got those people at Lake Point. It's a bunch of weird people like, bro, those are not my people. You have your pastor's permission to leave after six weeks. I am just asking you to test drive one for the next six weeks. And in my entire life as a pastor, I've never seen somebody regret it. And listen, we're launching all tons of new groups right now this month. You're not gonna be the only new person in your group. Everybody's gonna be new. We got tons of different, we got men's groups, women's groups, recovery groups, marriage groups. We got financial peace university groups to help you get your finances in order if that's what you need. We, you name it, we got it. And they're all, in all, different, all different days of the week. Any day, any uh, we, different locations in people's homes, on site at our campuses, different places. And, and listen, some of you, here's what you're doing right now. You're going, man, Josh, you asked me to do this last year and I tried one and like, I, you know, I didn't like it. You've tried restaurants you didn't like before. You didn't give up on eating. <laughs> if it matters, you will try. If it matters, you will keep trying. And listen, I'm just telling you this, man, this thing right here has the power to change your life. And so I'm asking you, to test drive a group for the next six weeks. Here's all I'm doing. This service is over right now. We've, listen, you don't gotta rush out to get your kids. We've got your kids for the next eight to 10 minutes in kids ministry, you got time. Here's what I'm asking. I'm asking if you are not actively in a life group and I'm saying actively, if you kind of fallen off, man, it's time to come back. If you're not actively in a life group, I'm asking you to text, the, stay in your seat and with your spouse, text the word group to the number 20411 stay here and do not leave your seat. You're gonna get texted a link, click that link. You can see all the groups at, at your campus, that kind of thing. I'm asking you to sign up today to test drive a group for the next six weeks. You won't regret it. So the service is over. I love you and I'm praying for you. Don't leave your seat until you do this. Peace. That's it.